legends like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Anthony Irwin. Like this guy here. His name is Fagan. Harrison Fagan. Welcome back to the Lakers Lounge, everybody. I am Anthony Irwin. As always, I am joined by Harrison Fagan. I would say as always, but, you know, he took a week off last week. He's just sick of this team. You don't have to say that I gave you the week off, but like still, you 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 you're just not that hard a worker is my concern here. Are you are you are you like are we are we reaching like is there is LeBron James not the only bald washed king in in the Lakers sphere? No, he's not. And and I think honestly <laughs> the thing that I feel like I want my my capital J journalism to reflect is the sort of Hunter S. Thompson, Gonzo style of journalism where mm -hmm. he does the stuff that he's writing about to like fully experience it. And yeah. so that's where I'm at with the Lakers season. Like <laughs> I'm trying to not care about my job to put myself in their shoes <laughs> so that I can like more accurately reflect kind of what they're going through. And so that's why I took last week off. Like I was just like, no, this is a day that I'm supposed to work, but like the Lakers, I'm just not going to show up or try very hard. <laughs> and I feel like I gained some perspective about sort of their mindset how nice that and, can be yeah and like man like everybody's like oh man this must suck for them like no this is awesome it was like <laughs> it was amazing to get paid and just like not care about my job or work like i honestly uh, i'm i'm extremely envious of the lakers right now <laughs> they can do that more often than once yeah it's like, like they, it, that that was sick man like they've I done just, it they've done it like 50 games this year and like you you've done it once and you just, just feel completely the refreshed thrill of just like you have like courtside nba seats and you just get to like run out there and play like an unenthusiastic pickup game just like jack up a couple shots not really care about <laughs> defense like they have the coolest job in the world i take it back like <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I just sent a couple tweets, you know, like I did the impression that like, you know, yeah. like, so that people, people that are not paying close attention will be like that guy showed up to work today. Yeah, and... that's the that's like, like, that's the the version, the blogger version of LeBron, like putting his hands up like by his shoulders when his guys wide defense. open from three. Yeah, like, I didn't get back on defense, and then I yelled at you when mm -hmm. mistakes were made. Yeah, like what? So why aren't you guarding my guy? I gave the impression of caring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so see, I learned a lot from this. So that's sort of going to be my mindset for the last. Uh, I guess it'll be seven games still by the time this comes out, right? Like you're dropping mm -hmm. it pregame. So for the last seven games, that's what I'm doing. Like I'm going to loudly point out when like when like Alex makes a mistake, I'm going to call him out on Twitter and just be like, <laughs> no, no, no. See, it's not my fault. I still care about the blog. Yeah. Even right. though I should have edited that mistake or like yeah. been, you know, like sure, editor is right there in your title. Yeah, but... I was the help defender, but I didn't do my job, but I just yelled at him for getting blown by, you know, right. like that's, right. I'm, I'm going to do the writing version of that. The rest Does of that me. make Alex? Did you just make him like Avery Bradley? I think Alex is Austin Reeves. I think Cooper is like Malik what? Monk, you know, okay. like, you know, I think um, he has some wild takes. He, he That's shoots what I mean. Like deep. Cooper's got Cooper's got a little more monk in him than Alex. Yeah. Alex is like solid, fundamental. Like everybody can recognize his greatness. Cooper is like you know I'm gonna let one fly every once in a while, <laughs> you know. And I'm trying to think like who else do we got? We got like I, I think Darius is like uh he's like mellow, you know. Oh like, man, like the 
like the solid veteran that is yeah. like overperforming his contract, but also kind of like, you know, is like like future Hall of Famer, all that stuff. Like yeah. no one can accuse him of being the problem. Mm-hmm. Shit, does this make me Russ? Am I? Um... I mean, <laughs> look. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You already, you already gave me LeBron earlier in the show. <laughs> I have been hurt for like a month now. So I guess that could make me AD. You also are one of the highest paid players on the team and <laughs> one of the least efficient. So So we've decided you're you're bald, washed, yeah, don't LeBron care on defense, clearly, LeBron. I think. I think I'm yeah. LeBron. Yeah. Is, I does that make Jacob Frank? <laughs> no, I think that makes Seth Frank. Yeah. Seth, <laughs> Seth is anything that goes wrong in this podcast and anything else, <laughs> Seth's fault. Um, all right. Today wow. we are that got real inside basketball. It did. I apologize. It did. I hope everyone enjoyed. You know that. what? I think I think if you're listening to this, you know and you're like, everybody why didn't that we just you get named. into the X's and O's of this team. <laughs> I had somebody yeah. last yeah, anyway. Um all right, today's show, we have had definitive conversations about Anthony Davis. We have had definitive conversations about Russell Westbrook. Did we have one about Frank Vogel? I think we had a definitive I, conversation about Frank Vogel too. I think we did. But again, if we didn't, I'm just, that's your fault. I'm, I'm a, blaming you. That's a good point. Um, no, it's Seth. We're, we're blaming Seth. Yeah. We're, blam- okay. we're blaming Seth for that one. Um, today, we're going to have the definitive conversation about Rob Palenka. Which again, you know, just to it's rehash for anyone that has not listened to the previous definitive conversations, which mm-hmm. is, so, oh, what are you doing? But right. if you haven't, then, you know, no one else after this moment after today to talk about or analyze Rob Polinka. Like we're done with a- a- the AD, like we're done talking about him. Russ, no, not, not just are we done talking about, everybody everyone, is done yeah, talking cease about Cease and desist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no one is allowed to talk about the Russ problems anymore. No one mm-hmm. is allowed to talk about the Frank problems anymore. If we actually did that show, which I don't remember. I think, uh, we, did. I think we did. It's been a long season, Anthony. <laughs> but yes, after today, no one else is allowed to talk about Rob Polinka's job performance on this feed anywhere. So not a soul. You know, just yeah. contractors, if you're listening to this, mm-hmm. be careful. Yeah. And Cooper, I, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I don't care if you think Rob Palenka put together a juggernaut. It is <laughs> <laughs> not sure that's who you're gonna get that exact take from. I think it, I think it's I think the exact take was Austin Reeves gives them a juggernaut. You know, again, that was a pull up from 35 feet. Not entirely wrong, but maybe not the not the time. You know, yeah, yeah, he's learning I, time and score. You know, he's learning time and situation and all that. Like Cooper's got a promising future ahead of him. He's gonna get um, paid this summer too. He should. He should. He's yeah. done a great job. All right. So uh, we, we're we going to do this the same way that we've done the other, the other definitive conversations. We're going to look back and we're going to figure out kind of the expectations that we had coming in, um, expectations that Rob has set for himself, expectations that the Lakers as, as an organization have set for him, um, both in terms of magnitude of the opportunity that he has and in terms of other people who could have potentially and were potentially interested in his job when he first took it over. Um, then we're going to look ahead because, you know, we say, it feels like we've said this now every season for the last like three seasons, maybe four or five seasons, but we're heading towards the latest, most important off season <laughs> in Lakers history. <laughs> A little behind the scenes media tip, you know, 
<laughs> this makes our coverage easier if we can frame every season. But no, seriously, I mean, the last couple it's, have, they yeah. seem to be very important in the moment. And I think that maybe we all need to do a better job of like putting ourselves back in our, the previous summer shoes and like yeah. looking back at the last couple of years as a whole or whatever. But this one really does feel like it could be, it's going to tell us a lot about how the next era of Lakers basketball is going to yes. go around yeah. the LeBron and AD team. I think that's that's what I think makes it actually in that puts it actually in that conversation is that all the other times we were wrong this time we're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I somehow I don't think most important offseason in Lakers history came after the uh, the championship. I think they won a championship, and I think they yeah I they don't could have just said it about that one. I think we did say it about last the year we going did. into that. And I think we did say it about last summer, that last summer was going to be really important. But like, yeah. yeah, none of them are as important as that. Maybe you could argue the summer after LeBron missed the playoffs and they needed to yeah. get the AD trade done. Whatever. Right. Like that really did set a direction towards the mm -hmm. title. So that one has, a, that one's in the conversation for yeah. most important. And you it know, did we'll set up an era. Like yeah, it, and we'll have to see how this one goes and what they ultimately do. And, you know, just sort of like, in retrospect, when we're looking back at this in a couple of years and we're like, did they actually have a chance or like based yeah. on how things played out? Like, did that actually matter or right. was health just going to be an issue and stuff like that? You know, so that's so, you know, and, and, and with all that said, uh, Rob is going to be at the helm of it. It seems like, you know, we've spoken. I've spoken to Aaron about it at length a, a few times over where I don't know many uh, executives who could have an offseason as bad as the Lakers just had would not just keep their job, but have no real impact on that job security. Um, but that seems to be the case with him. And we're going to figure out whether or not we trust him in this upcoming situation. So uh, a lot to get to here. Let's start. I'm actually going to start, Harrison. Do you with... want to talk about the positives and like the good stuff and see if we yeah, can well, find I, some, some? Okay. I think so. Like, so I, I think to Palenka's credit, he did get the AD trade done. Yeah. Right. That did net the Lakers a championship. He does and have a championship he, he under so. his belt. People, I feel like people don't give him credit for that. And I know that there's always like your, your good friend, Howard Beck always says like they won the trade, lost the negotiation, whatever, you know, like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. He gets dinged for the picks and like, whatever, like all that stuff is like, I think fair criticism in some ways. Again, mm -hmm. they won the title. So my opinion is that it doesn't really matter. But again, like, you know, there's all that stuff, but Ultimately, that was the first indication that we had of that Rob Palinka is going to the the Palinka era in terms of like coverage and things is going to be very different than the Magic one. Where like when Magic was in charge at the <laughs> trade deadline, every single offer was getting leaked immediately yeah. to the media, like getting put out there, you know, like that everybody and as soon as Rob came in, it was all of a sudden it's like very quiet. You know, yeah. and things yeah. are not being leaked willy nilly about like, you know, the until trade this and, year. Oh, her, yeah. Well, that's different. That's like in a situation <laughs> where people are finger pointing. But I'm talking about just like getting deals yeah, yeah. done and things like, like how that. he you operates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't hear about them. There's not like a bunch of precursors of like, oh, they offered this or oh, there's not a blow by blow in the media. It's just like every single time a, a Lakers move happens. It's like you get the leak to the oh. reporter that, oh, they're very close on a deal. And then you get the leak that the deal's done. It's not mm -hmm. like, oh, they're offering X, Y, and Z, and they're negotiating this is out. Where this, they're no this, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it set the tone in, in, in several ways uh, where I think that, that trade really laid the foundation for like how he prior, like what he prioritizes in building the Lakers, right? 
screw role players, screw young players, screw picks. We're going to go out and get the superstar no yeah, matter if what. If you are not a star, don't buy a house, basically. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but, but like, I, I think, like, the, what you're talking about is very important. In how, and by the way, I think there are aspects of, like, the way that he operates and doesn't move through the media and, and doesn't negotiate publicly with the team that he's, you know, trying to, to work a trade out with. I think that's good. I, I, I actually think that's good for the Lakers because – um, you know, we saw the flip side of that coin and it, and it, and it didn't, you know, they didn't get the AD trade done while magic was, was at the helm. And well, not only did they not get it done, but they created a situation where the Pelicans were like completely just trying to spike them by the end yeah. of it to not get the deal done. And you had every single player in the locker room knew they were going to get traded right. and we're all like, and then you have like magic coming down and telling them all to grow up and get over it. And like all this, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, it's just, there is something to be said for a slightly more quiet and understated form of negotiation, I think. And that is one thing that we can give Rob credit yes. for. And I, I think, think so. one other thing that I just like, like, I know we're going to get into the criticisms. I do want to try and be as fair as possible to his Absolutely. entire tenure. I think it's that the definitive the things, conversation. We have exactly. to hit both sides of this. Yes. And so I think one of the other things that we have to give him credit for is during that summer, you know, I, I know that you've talked about and others have talked about, like they backed into a title team basically, but I do. And you know, while that's like kind of a fun criticism or joke or I haven't said make, backed into it. Uh, I, no, I, that's I, what you said. I'm, I'm pointing that <laughs> this is again, this is me pointing on defense <laughs> to you and or straw man. Uh, yeah. But I, like there have been people that this, this has been said, this has been a yeah. criticism of them. Mm -hmm. And again, I think there's like a certain degree of validity to it that going, getting that team was not their plan a, but you know, that also ignores that their plan a was pretty freaking good. Like it was get Kawhi Leonard, you know, like Kawhi, a, a big three of Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I think they win a championship them for having bad Intel, you know, on how close they were on Kawhi. But I think that was more on Kawhi's camp has been kind of what I've gathered from that than mm -hmm. it was on like the Lakers for not knowing things or whatever. It's easy to point the finger in retrospect Look, when they didn't get him. The Lakers but, probably get Kawhi if the Clippers don't trade for Paul George. Like yes. they, Kawhi Leonard is a Laker if if the Clippers don't make that trade for Paul And George. I think that they win a title with that team. But the thing yes. that I want to credit Palinka for is not that he was so smart to try and pair Kawhi with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like, no, duh. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing that he was plan smart B. for was the plan B. And mm -hmm. having like, okay, Danny, just wait. We will overpay you mm -hmm. if you wait us out and you wait out the Kawhi decision. And like having guys ready to do those subsequent moves so that they could immediately, as soon as Kawhi spurned them, put together what ended up being a really good team. And then they made smart additions in the buyout market. You know, they supplemented what the team needed in terms of its strengths. You know, when they felt like they had a real chance to win, they added some good, like, you know, J.R. Smith, Deion Waiters, not so much, didn't end up panning out, but that's most buyout guys. But Markeith Morris ended up playing a key role in a couple series. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that just that was a team that really understood what its strengths were from that plan B and was able to augment them. And it honestly is what makes the last couple of years stand out so much as wow, like this team does not know what it was good at. And it's like trying to become this thing that it isn't. Yeah. And like, for one thing, I got to go back. You said subsequent. I think it's subsequent. Like, <laughs> Add it to me. the list of words that I don't know how to pronounce. <laughs> you said it. And I was like, hold on. Oh, that's what he meant. Subsequent. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, no, but you know I know the word, the, just not the, how to say it out loud. I'm a writer, Anthony. I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a talker. The, the actual point 
um, that you're making here, though, is really important. And and it's frankly, but like it's it's what has really thrown me off about the last two off seasons, where you know he did have Plan A outlined and then Plan B ready to go as soon as Plan A fell through. You know, and and by the way, like. We were there I think in Vegas. The criticism is that like maybe Plan C's aren't so good. Like like Russ was clearly like Plan C or D, and well, it's like that's where everything went haywire. Was once you get down to those levels of plans. I think actually the fairest com the, the fairest criticism is that hey like maybe execute Plan A, like hey yeah. maybe actually get Plan A done. You know like it's it's great that you have a Plan B and a Plan C and all that stuff. But occasionally you do have to hit the homer and 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 try to avoid trying to tally up enough hits to make up for not hitting the homer. I think that's a very that when you're the Lakers, when when you're running the Lakers and you have LeBron and AD there, like you should be able to pull off Plan A occasionally once. And he hasn't done well, it once. That said, I mean, if Plan A was get you know chris paul to sign and trade there or dame <laughs> lillard to demand a trade there like it's hard for me to criticize him too oh yeah much for not Fine. getting that done just because they're like i know again lakers exceptionalism you could that, also you like, could also set a more realistic plan a so that there yeah. isn't such a gap between plan a and plan b or plan c totally fair um so i i do want to but let's again this that. goes back to the thing that you were talking about stars above all you know, like yes. this is this is the drawback of that mm -hmm. uh, is like, you know, we're uh, plan C is get like a worse star, but still a star. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like get it, right. It's not. Yeah. Like, well, that's it, why, it, like when they were signing all their like Danny Green being the best player available for them to like be to prioritize a guy like Danny Green. Right. You know, <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. I want to look at that roster really quick, though. So um, of the holdovers that were on that roster heading into that championship season, right? KCP was one, Alex Caruso was one, LeBron James was one. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker was a Polinka pick, so he gets he gets credit for that. Well, kinda. I mean, he was the GM that made the pick. I'm not necessarily being like, oh, Rob scouted Taylor Horton Oh, no, Tucker, no, 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 know, no yeah, that's okay. what I mean. I mean, I mean okay. that he was that Kuzma was a holdover. And I believe who who Palinka really wanted to hang on to, you know, that's mm -hmm. that's worth noting. That that okay. was the guy that they prioritized. Okay. But those names that I just listed there are what four of the top like in terms of role players, they are all the most important, except for Danny Green. Those are like four of the top five important role players on that on that team, right? Wait, you don't think Danny Green was on that list? Oh, you mean okay? Yeah, I get what you're. Yeah, because Danny Green was a was a, a Palinka yeah. acquisition, right? Yeah. That was a that was a a Palinka free agent move. Mm -hmm. um, the other guys though are all holdovers who were there before uh, Palinka was there, right? So yeah. I'm not going to give Palinka credit for building a roster with those four guys. No, because KCP, they were already there. No, KCP was not. But KCP was Palinka's first summer as an exec. No. Yes, I, he was. Because they had that infamous press conference where, uh, if you notice, really quick, if you notice, they could not hold up the jersey very long because it accidentally either had the wrong number or name printed on it. Uh, and Linko <laughs> was right there talking about him and, like, bringing him in as Mana from Heaven. So I do remember the Mana from Heaven thing. For some reason, I'm remembering that as before. I thought that was, like, the... No, All right, I'll, I'll trust first you. I'll KCP. trust you. Yes. Um... So no, Caruso that was brought mean... in under the Palinka regime. So was Kuzma. No, but that was a magic. Hold on. Well, yeah, magic Hold was on. there, but so was Palinka. 
Right, but I'm, but yeah. I mean, like that, like he wasn't at the helm when those things happened. Okay, right? I understand the distinction. Okay, so like, I, like, because I'm trying to figure out, like, we have to try to so, isolate. So we're, we're giving magic credit for the KCP uh, Caruso moves directly. Where magic like scouted Caruso and wanted to have him on like a two way deal. <laughs> that, that is a hilarious uh, <laughs> thought, given that magic was there like once a week. Um, but, but no, it was just to watch Caruso tape. That was all he did. Uh, you just walk in. Do we have Caruso yet? I'm out. <laughs> I couldn't be there. <laughs> Call me back when we have Caruso. Yeah. Um, I'll be in Hawaii in a bunker. And so, <laughs> so uh, but so we have, I, I guess the reason I'm, I'm, I'm having this conversation is I'm trying to isolate like what we're giving, uh, Polinka specifically credit for, right? He did make the AD trade. It's a hard thing. It is tough because, like, look, to your point, while Magic was there, Palenka was, you know, pulling a lot of those strings because Magic wasn't there. (laughs) Where's Magic? (laughs) One such such string was, like, checking the attendance box to see if Magic was was there that day. That was one thing that we can give him credit for was Palenka – made sure to check who was in the office on any single given day. And by the way, we joke, but like one thing that I have heard ad nauseum with Palinka is that he is very good at office dynamics and um, appeasing the the right people and the people who make decisions on on who gets to stick around. Above him. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, he's an agent. His job was to appease Kobe, you know, his, And, and so he's very, he's very good at that. So, so like those office dynamics, like that is, that is a skill. It's not all that important when it comes to team building. And it's not yeah. something that, that like fans should particularly care about, but it is something that he's good at. And, and so like, I, I'm just like, I, I, all, my only point was, I'm not sure that support staffers have always felt the most valued uh, no. under the Palinka regime. I'm talking about strictly like basketball people like have yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. Always felt like Palinka was, you know, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's pretty clear that the Lakers as an organization doesn't operate at the highest of levels uh, with how various levels interact with each other. Yeah. Uh, the fact that there were people openly wondering and willing to leak that they have no idea what Linda Rambis does. Yeah. That's probably, probably well, stuff like that, you know. <laughs> You got to manage up and down. But Palinka has ma- mastered the up part. Yeah, he's. He, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I the reason I went through that roster there, you know, because you know Jared Dudley was an acquisition that that year. Um, that is a Palinka move, and it was a good one. Like we we joke about Jared Dudley and and the vibes consultant and all of that stuff. But the Lakers, Jared Dudley and Quinn clearly Cook were two him. of the greatest minimum contract signings of yeah. all time, especially considering like their role of like team you know, just like camaraderie leaders in the bubble. Yeah. At, and, and given that they were in the bubble was, was huge. Dwight Howard was, was a Palenka pickup. He worked out really, really well, really, really well that year. Rajon Rondo came back. That was a, a Palenka decision. And uh, he worked out really well in the postseason for the Lakers there. Um, you mentioned Markeith Morris and, and him being a mid-season acquisition. That's the kind of move that the Lakers, frankly, really missed not making this year was finding somebody like that. And the market didn't allow for it, but still, yeah. like, that was something that that uh, the Lakers benefited from there, and that was a Palenka move. That was something that happened while. So, like, I'm not, I'm not willing to go out and say that he backed into a championship, but he did have quite a few very important parts 
that were there as holdovers from when Magic was there. And also, what's the theme? The theme is that they're betting on name above yeah. all else. Like, all of those guys that you just listed as like, okay, Polinka made this pick, the Dwight, Rondo, Markeith, whatever. Yeah. Like, these are guys that are names. You're not really, other than, like, other than Caruso, you know, or like Austin Reeves, like, who's the last guy that, like, wasn't a household name before yeah. they were kind of brought in? And, you know, we saw this summer how always betting on former talent and just saying, get me the best player available or the be the most hyped, most, like, best resume player available. We saw how that doesn't work when those guys can't play anymore, you know, with right. this offseason. Well, so the, the, the next year um, after that, that offseason, to your point, Dennis Schroeder is coming off of his best season as a pro. Uh, I believe he won sixth man of the year that year. Um, and yes, the year before. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, but he wasn't doing that off the bench stuff anymore, Anthony. Well, you know, that's part, that's part of like the, the math of like, all right, go get the, go get the, 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 the hot name right now, but then also ignore what made that guy a hot name at that moment. And, and what made, what built that guy. And that's on both, Palenka and Schroeder. Schroeder should have realized himself, like, yeah, it's it's really weird that I had the best season of my career in this specific role, and I haven't had a a, a season like that in any other role. Um, but still, regardless, I yeah, I, I mean, I, I digress. Um, yeah, that's tough. So, <laughs> so, so the Lakers, uh, they're that summer, right? Schroeder is 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 kind of the centerpiece of their acquisition. That he's the big acquisition that they make there. They trade Danny Green for him, and and I believe a a first for him, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um. So they 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 moved assets to bring in Schroeder, and uh, apparently as part of the move, guaranteed that he would start. He wouldn't have to continue coming off of the bench, um, which in hindsight was a mistake and a step away from the culture of competition that led to the championship the year before that was yeah, it's like everyone has to compete for everything they get except for lebron okay ad yeah. all right earn uh -huh. dennis schroeder and andre drummond wait what and it's like wait huh <laughs> <laughs> um so the other big the other four, as many have called them <laughs> the other big acquisition that summer was montrez harrell um who was a disaster i would say as as a pickup couldn't play in the postseason and that, that was all frank that was all frank's fault anthony you know it's, <laughs> that's, that's a good what, point yeah right. saying, it's know, weird so. that you know he couldn't play in the postseason before it, that either yeah, also frank's teams fault keep moving on from him and he keeps like arguing with teammates and like in every new location and yeah. like teams keep being like oh well this guy's scoring a lot but let's actually trade yeah. him surely it's the kids who are the problem yeah. um no, and then, then again that's frank's fault uh-huh. So, but still, uh, I would say, especially given that that was the Lakers only, you know, kind of $10 million contract that they could have handed out that year. That was a mistake. That was and, a, and that was a missed well, opportunity. The only pushback that I'll give you on that mm -hmm. is the Trez thing. Like that won them. That was part of them succeeding without LeBron and AD was having a guy that they could go to that That's was fair. a usage sponge like that. Like, I don't think that the Trez, you know, we, we joke and whatever, but I don't think that the Trez signing was all that bad at least mm -hmm. from like a productivity, you know, basketball standpoint, again, like I, I don't, uh, the vibes on that team were weird and how much he contributed to that. Like we, we'll never know. Mm -hmm. Um, but we do know he was, did contribute to it. Yes. And it was, <laughs> it was just another personality yeah. in the locker room. And I think that they had, they just had, I mean, this is clear. This is not breaking news. Like they just had less chemistry, alchemy, alchemy than they did, you know, irony. Yeah. 
you know, like it's the considering he read the, the alchemist before. right at the yeah. <laughs> at the press conference. He was, but he wasn't the alchemist. That's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. Um, but yeah, I, I, but the the one thing I would say though about Trezzo is you want your ten million dollar player to be able to play in the postseason. Fair. Yeah, so that's the point where it's a mistake is that yeah. he just could clearly could and, not play versus. And by the way, like this is a consistent mistake that the Lakers keep making, and this is a LeBron thing too, right? And and by the way, like over all of this conversation, Anthony, how dare you? He's just a player, except for when he scouted Malik Monk and Austin Reeves high school tape. Other than that, <laughs> and Taylor Horton Tucker in middle school, but other than yeah. that, he's just a player. He does mm-hmm. not. He does not have uh, any input. Other than that, yeah. He desperately wanted Alex Caruso back, even well. though he didn't tweet about it. Yeah. Weird. Um, so, uh, he, but like over all of this, we do have to point out, again, just in the, in the, in the interest of fairness here, Palinka doesn't have your typical GM job because of this relationship that LeBron and Clutch have with the Lakers. So like, Which again is that's part of Trez's job performance is that he was willing to make that bargain uh-huh. where I am going to in order to get these two guys I yep. am going to give them a lot of power and that is a bargain that a lot of teams make but yeah. that like you know part of his performance is that this is who he has chosen to hitch his wagon to until weirdly like this year I guess at the trade deadline he's just like no never mind now I'm putting my foot down to save this team. Well I. I think that goes back to some of the he's really good at appeasing the people above him aspect yeah. of it. I think that's that's a that's a calculation on his part. Yeah. Um to start to de- distance himself from clutch a little bit as the Lakers look to maybe do so moving forward. Um I think you know when it comes to the rest of that offseason, I liked the Marcus Saul addition. I would, you know, most talented Mar- Lakers team of your lifetime, Anthony. Look, I I it was an incredibly talented roster. They just all fucking hated each other, which which sometimes matters. Um, you know, you, you look. One could though, argue, yeah. One could argue that occasionally that does matter in yeah. basketball. Uh, they they kept Jared Dudley in an attempt to have some vibes on that team. It just turns out like there's there's only so much well, the also vibe consulting the pandemic, can do. They just were not allowed to uh, able to be around each other as much. Yeah, and Jared too. Dudley was injured, and so a lot of the times he wasn't around because he was rehabbing, and there were like different, you know, to in order to prevent contacts. Again, this is like pre-vaccine. This is when yeah. there were a lot more restrictions in place. Like guys who were injured were not around the team as much, and the team was not around each other as much. So there was yeah. not as much of an opportunity for like I don't know if even like keeping like in cloning Jared Dudley and Quinn Cook and just keeping them around as like you know vibes guys. So, official vibes coaches i don't know if that would have fixed that locker room just because the guys weren't able to be around each other and even try to find those kind of common grounds yeah and by the way they had been playing a lot of these guys had been playing basketball with each other for like 24 out of the previous 26 months yeah and like that's or or 14 out of the previous 12 16 months or something ridiculous like that and then everyone got hurt and yeah yeah right and and so like some of this isn't in Palinka's control and maybe that season goes differently if they are if they are able to be around each other if 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 uh Palinka does I think like that season goes differently if AD just doesn't get hurt in the first that round too. yeah I don't think they trade for Russ if if AD doesn't get hurt in that first round and that, that's that's the sad part here um, I, other things that I think he deserves credit for, he kept Markeith Morris around. He had kind of a down year, but I agreed with the, with the idea of it. He's, he, 
He's the, the kind of player you want next to AD if AD is going to play center. And also, and, admirable coupon hunting was able to get the Clippers to subsidize Markeith Morris's deal, you know, by overpaying, also, <laughs> by like paying a massive amount to his twin yeah. brother. That was, that was um, again, smart management. You get, you get the guys that are willing to live in LA for the exposure and, you know, some of the side benefits. He brought in Damian Jones in the middle of the season and uh, is, you know, Anytime you, are you can the acquire... only person who is adding added Damian Jones for 20 days to Polinka's resume <laughs> in like a definitive conversation. Well, about him. here's the thing though. He found, he, he, he added Damian Jones and had him on the roster for 20 days, 20 glorious days, just sun soaked, beautiful days of Damian Jones. Yeah. And then told him to fuck off so that they could bring in <laughs> Andre Drummond. <laughs> so like, I think that's a net negative that, that they, they, uh, let go of Damian Jones and brought in Andre Drummond. Um, to Palenka's credit, that was something that I think he admits was kind of a mistake, letting Damian walk. And apparently they had interest in Jones this last offseason, but the Kings uh, wound former up signing Laker. him to a longer deal. Yeah, former Laker. Uh, but he was good. I think I, I still stand, I will stand by this till the day I die that I, I like Damian Jones as a player. Um, but that, that's, that's, the, that's two offseasons ago. Now, where things really get messy here is this last offseason. Yeah, wait, before we get into that, can we just, like, last season, how much of that are we even apportioning to Palinka? Because I think on paper, like, that, you know, that's like a B, C-plus yeah, season. I, I would say, I would, like, yeah. So many of those factors were beyond, you know, his control. Yeah. And I think on paper, a lot of the stuff made sense, especially, you know, he gets dinged now for not keeping the title team together, but there was a real argument at that time. They were exhausted. That, yeah. That they were, they were banged <laughs> up. Danny Green's yeah. never been the same since. Like there were real arguments to do the things that he did at the time. And I think, you know, so we have the benefit of hindsight when judging, but I do think that we have to be fair and admit that like a lot of us were praising these moves when they happened. You know, many yeah. people like you called it the Myself, most talented Lakers team ever. I liked that roster quite a bit. Now, here's the thing. Um, I would give him credit for the actual moves, the, the names that he signed to the roster, but where I think he gets, he deserves to be criticized here, and the Lakers deserve to be criticized here, is when they moved in, in the opposite direction of bigger, stronger, faster, right? They went out and got a small point guard who isn't as switchy, and that really kind of hurt them. Even if they were going to make it into the postseason, getting away from that identity and making Frank try to work this out on the fly was tough. The second thing uh, that I think... One could argue that the worst thing Frank ever did for his job security was figuring out that team last year because it made the front office go, like, we just don't need to if give he you could any do that. defenders. And, like, you will <laughs> figure it out. And then if you don't, it's your fault. Yeah. Um, so moving away from bigger, stronger, faster, I think, is something that the Lakers and he deserve a lot of criticism for. Or and then implementing again, it really terribly this summer. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. Well, I, and then the second thing from that last summer is moving away from the culture of competition that he was so adamant about when he first came into place. Like when he took over for, for, for Magic and one of the major things that he talked endlessly about was uh, this notion of if you play for the Lakers, you will have earned your spot and the role that you play for the Lakers. And going away from that, I think it sends kind of a shitty message to the guys who actually won championships. And Alex Caruso like, started in a finals in, in, in a game that decided the finals. He started in that shit. And then the, the very next offseason, the thing that you're telling him is like, hey, thanks for that. We're going to start this tiny little point guard over here who uh, doesn't really fit and would fit way better in the role that we're going to ask you to fulfill. 
And also, it's like, okay, Dwight has, like, arguably a six-man-of-the-year campaign that season yeah. as the center. Then, like, again, there, you know, he probably wasn't going to win it, but you bring him in on a non-guaranteed contract, and he puts yeah. up that, and then you basically, like, embarrass him yes, in the probably. way that you say goodbye. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, make him, like, delete his tweet because he thinks that there's a deal done, and it turns out that there was not a deal done, and, like, there was some right. bad communication there. And then you guarantee Andre Drummond, like, not just a contract, but, like, a starting spot in order right. to get him to, like, secure a buy. And it's just, like, this, you know, it, it was yeah, – that's the por- parts where it's, like, you misrecognized what made you successful. Yes. You know? Yeah, and that's the part, like, that – not understanding what made them successful is the thing that I fight myself with the most when it comes to trusting him moving forward. The other thing, we kind of skipped over it. Magic Johnson steps down, and there were plenty of rumors, and there was a ton of whispers. Um, and I wasn't even as plugged in now compared to where, where I am, or then compared to where I am now. It was not hard at yeah, all. A lot of people are saying you're like the woge of the Lakers. Oh, like, just yeah, totally. How plugged in you are now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, I'm technically more plugged in than Woj because I think, (laughs) but like my point is that back then I, I, I didn't have any of the relationships that I have now. And it was still really easy to just hear. Yeah. Hey, so-and-so is interested in this job. So-and-so, um, you know, Bob Myers was a name that kept coming up a ton, um, back when the Lakers were in the shadow exec phase of, of their, replacing magic johnson <laughs> uh it turns out it's just kurt um and there, and there were maasai rumors there were maasai rumors rc buford sam presti like and and all like the, and there's still sam presti talk this year that's gonna be interesting yeah that's gonna be interesting um they should just swap the the, the <laughs> rob palenka and a first for sam presti yeah kurt's <laughs> just like sorry rob i green lit the trade <laughs> see ya um so so i think I think that has to be added into the math here on Rob Palenka is would the Lakers just kind of like with Frank, right? Like Frank has done a very good job, admiral job, won a championship, right? Um, but would the Lakers be in a better spot right now if they had Monty Williams or if they had Ty Lue, right? Because those were plan A and plan. And again, execute plan A just once. Let's try it out. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. And, and, and well, they, did. they got LeBron. I mean, they got AD, <laughs> you know, they've yeah. done some plan A's. Uh huh. Yeah. And then and then they haven't. Um. And it's really hurt when they didn't. And and I think, uh, you know, speaking of Plan A's, like I'm sure. Ba- Look, Harrison, if I was to tell you, you're just you're 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 I'm you're you're Bob Myers right now. You're Sam Presti right now. You're R.C. Buford right now. And if I tell you, hey man, you could step in to a Lakers organization that has the assets to trade for Anthony Davis, and that has the uh and already has LeBron James, and will have flexibility potentially after you trade for Anthony Davis and possibly land uh, Kawhi Leonard. And by the way, the Maasai rumors, like that part of what really hurt when the Lakers didn't land Maasai was that the the thought there was that if you land Maasai, you have an inside track at Kawhi. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's, that's neither here nor there at this point. Um, I'm just saying that like at that point, the Lakers had the world as their oyster in terms of who they could have brought in and they decided to stick with Rob, and and you know again, much like Frank, he's done a he's done a pretty good job. Won a championship. You can't take that away from him. But would they be better off right now? Would they have more on the margins if they had somebody like Bob Myers? If they had a Sam Presti? If they had an R.C. Buford? If they had a Masai Ujiri? 
And I think it's pretty hard to, to say that they wouldn't because it's really hard I mean, just, to not have, have more do. assets than they have right now. <laughs> yeah, again, and it's not even just the assets. It's the, you know, like it, everyone should read Eric Pincus's piece for Bleacher Report. I believe we've linked it on the yeah. site a couple of times. I tweeted it out a couple of days ago. Um, you know, I, I think you've you've linked it and tweeted it out. Like, you know, it just shows with a level of like cap understanding that I think you and I freely admit we don't possess, no. you know, the sort of the little missteps too. It hasn't just been like the basketball moves or the plans or whatever. It's been like little contractual stuff, yeah. like, and how they like compound not on each THT other to a three-year deal, which maybe costs you Caruso because you don't have THT still locked in at mm -hmm. that, you know, tiny, like minimum price 1 and things like that. Just little unforced errors that you didn't have to make and just showing, you know, in context that like, this is not stuff other teams do. These are not mistakes that other teams make. And I think those are the things where you can almost most fairly criticize him is the stuff on the margins. You know, this is a yeah. theme going back to the stuff that we said right at the beginning of this conversation about right. prioritizing stars above all else. And above all else includes like, we just don't care about like, winning the negotiation or doing that like we're just gonna we're just gonna give you that extra yeah. pick swap we're just gonna give you that two-year deal instead of the three-year deal so that you can hit free agency sooner you know we're gonna do that with austin reeves we're gonna do it like we never want to have money on our books long term because long-term money is never good just the like lakers this kind pay of the uh, rental insurance at 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 car rental places oh, yeah fuck, the lakers... I just did whatever just give me the car it turns out just like having a timeshare on your roster is not like always the greatest, you know, like management style. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I, but like, I, I wanted to bring that up because again, like this is, this is all flexibility. He's like, we always want to have flexibility, but sometimes, you but know, you don't. if you're not like, if there aren't great options available that summer, like the bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And I think that's right. one of the things that we've learned too. And that's something, by you, the way, that the Lakers... Play. There's a reason NBA teams don't turn over their roster like every single year like a fantasy basketball GM. Yeah. Especially championship rosters. Like <laughs> Normally, you win a championship, you're like, all right, let's see how this goes next year. Normally. And, yeah. by, and, and again, unique circumstance because of how quickly they were going to enter the next season. So we have to take that into account. But it's just... And this summer is where it really all falls apart. And, yeah. you know, that team so let's look was at the, not the, that, you know, you, you have the whole team is freely saying like, oh, we would have won if, if Anthony Davis yeah. stayed healthy. But then you're like, nah, that team sucked. Blow it up. And, <laughs> right. you know, you're just like, no one wants to come back. Mark doesn't want to be there. Andre Drummond doesn't want to be there. Like it, you, the vibes got so bad that no one wants to be there. They they don't want Dennis Schroeder back for like any price. They're right. like, no, thank you. Uh, and then until they kind of sort of did at the trade deadline. Yeah. And yeah, like even there, there were even reports like Dennis was like willing to come off the bench behind Russ and they're like bird rights, who cares? Let's get a minimum guy. Uh, and you yeah. know, it's just letting it get to that point where you feel like you have to blow up this entire roster again, you mm -hmm. know, and then that's, where, and then now they're going like, to have to do it again. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's where you're losing the continuity and whatever, because we can talk about, you know, yes, they overhauled that roster the first season before the title, they overhauled the roster after the title, but there were still more holdovers than just yeah. your two stars and Taylor Horton Tucker, you know, like there was, there was Caruso, there was Coos, there was KCP, like there were guys that they were keeping that had Dudley, earned a right Cook. that, yeah, there was Markeith. institutional, not Rondo even, and JaVale, yeah. like that. JaVale and Rondo were kept on from that horrible Lakers team the year before, mm -hmm. you know, like they didn't, they didn't blow up the whole thing and you don't have to blow up the whole thing just because you failed. And I think that that's almost sort of a lesson that they should take into this summer where 
treat it like you did that summer after, you know, you had the LeBron injury and you missed the playoffs and then you knew you were going to get the AD trade done, but you kept some holdovers from that roster that you felt like were talented. And like, I think that what they have to do is not do what they did last summer where it's like that team lost, it's all poison, burn it to the ground, get some new guys in here, you know? Yeah. Right. They, they have thrown out multiple babies with bathwater. Yeah, and, and so it's, you it's, know, eventually that just hurts. Like, you r- start running out of babies. Don't just like jettison Austin Reeves for a marginal upgrade. Try and keep Malik Monk if you can. And yeah. you know, like he's kind of played himself out of maybe a larger contract the last couple weeks, and that like he's kind of fallen off a little bit. You know, try try and keep him around. Maybe Kendrick Nunn gives you something next year. You know, it, you he kind of is yeah. he's going to opt into that team option. Maybe he helps you out, and you still have your mid level this summer to like go and get someone else. Mm-hmm. Like you know, uh, keep keep uh, don't just like throw away Austin Reeves pick up that team option on Stanley Johnson don't jettison him for tax base or whatever you know try and bring back maybe a guy like Wenyan Gabriel like don't just maybe even I think they should they should start working on Wenyan Gabriel's contract right now like sign him sign him to a team option for next year so that you have that option you have right of first refusal I think I think that is probably worth doing, but I understand why they're waiting until like the uh, just financially. I understand why they're waiting until to see if they even make the play-in game to make that decision. And that's fine, but I guess my my counter to that would be though that even if you don't make the 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 play-in, you still have that team option on him, and you maybe, still have maybe right he of doesn't first want refusal. it for next year. Maybe he maybe. feels like he can play himself into a bigger a better opportunity. I doubt it, but maybe. Uh, we we just don't know. So like that's one where I'm not. If that's I, I'm actually not willing to criticize them for that until they don't sign him to the deal yeah. like before the end of the season. This is what they did with Stanley Johnson too. A bunch of people were like, "Why not just sign him now? Get it done. You clearly need mm-hmm. to keep this guy around." And they made him earn it. So maybe that's part of like the culture of competition that you're hearkening back for. Like they're trying to get maybe. back to this of you got to earn this. You have to do it for a sustained period of weeks, and then we will reward you with the contract. Uh, the other thing that needs to be pointed out there, and, and we talked about it on the spaces a couple days ago, uh, is that if the Lakers do sign Gabriel to the rest, you know, make him an official NBA player for the rest of the season, they have to cut somebody. And that involves cutting a vet men guy after they can sign on with a, with another playoff team. And that essentially ends that person's career. Like, depending on the player that it is, if it's like Wayne Ellington, I don't see, like, you would, if you're Wayne Ellington, if you're Kent Basemore, if you're Trevor Ariza, if you're, any who uh, Avery Bradley, if you're any of these other guys who would potentially get cut here, I would understand why they'd be a little pissed at the Lakers saying like, why didn't you just cut me earlier in the year so that I could have been on a playoff team and shown somehow uh, in, in on that on that stage that I can still play. Okay, Ariza and Bradley, no, because they would not be. Um, but, <laughs> I, you true. know, DeAndre Jordan got picked up, so anything's possible, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Bay is more, yes, because he very clearly, openly was like, hey, you know, maybe buy me. Like, he basically, yeah. like, almost Guys. said that on the record to the LA Times that Hello. he was, like, ready to be bought at. <laughs> so that's the one where it's like, that's maybe going to hurt you with whoever his agent is or whoever yeah. that is in the future if you cut him now. Yeah. Because he will end up on an NBA roster next year. And yeah, I think you know, so. Um. So yeah, in, in, look. Also to Just to Blinka's credit, one, I can't I, I can't do the base experience again. He was terrible. Yeah, is terrible at, at what the Lakers need him to do. So um, to to Palinka's credit, even within this year though, uh, DJ Augustine has proved to be a pretty good pickup. He's probably the best shooter on the Lakers roster right now. Um, the uh, addition of Stanley Johnson was a good one. He has been, and that's somebody like you're talking about, is worth keeping around young athletic legs um, at an important position. 
that's good stuff by by going out and finding him. Winning Gabriel has been a nice, solid addition. Finding Austin Reeves is great work by the uh, scouting department and the people involved with making that. So, like, even within a disastrous offseason and in a disastrous season, there are some bright spots here. And again, like, that's where all of this comes together for to to this next question where it's like all right the lakers are heading into this absolutely critical just monumentally important offseason and my question to you harrison is like do you trust it with everything that we've just talked about do you trust rob palinka being at the helm for that offseason with no oversight uh no additional oversight that the lakers could potentially add this year additional is a good word there yeah Right. Yeah. I had, you know, I had to correct myself. Attention. Kurt, Kurt, you know, he, he's got a report to Kurt. So like, Kurt's you just know, like, bring back DeAndre. <laughs> Start well, him at the two. What's funny is uh, my understanding Run the triangle. Is, that Kurt, is that Kurt was not even a DeAndre fan. So like, I don't even like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, so I guess trust is a strong word. <laughs> Okay. Do I believe that there is a scenario where Rob are you begrudgingly Plinka okay with him? <laughs> yeah, that that's sort of where I'm at. Like, do I believe that there is a scenario where Rob Palinka could figure this out? Yes, I don't think that he sh- he's shown us where it's like this hilarious level of like Dell Demps esque incompetence, where it's like, yeah. how could you possibly Magic Johnson keep this guy? There's no. I wasn't gonna say it. Um, how you how could you possibly keep this guy on? Like, I don't think that it's been that bad to that degree. Would it be if I were Jeannie Buss, my first choice when you have how desirable this job is and you have, you know, like, I I think that it's been funny that like every pseudo NBA insider has been like talking about like Sam Presti to the Lakers was LeBron trying to lure him with those like, you know, and all that start. Like, if you could get Sam Presti, then it's like, no, sorry, like that you just got an extension. Like, no, I'm bringing in Sam Presti. But like, do I believe that there is a possibility that he could figure this out? Sure. But, uh, you know, would it be my first option where I'm like, yeah, you got to give Rob another shot? No. Um, but I also don't expect him to be going anywhere, you know, other than Disneyland for trips on the trade deadline. <laughs> I am a Where little, fur- I'm, I'm, I'm a little further away from, from begrudging trust. I, I, I don't think he's good at his job. I don't job. even know if begrudging trust is like my, where yeah. I would put myself. It's like I, I resigned guess, trust. Here's my thing. Resigned almost trust. Fine. Fine. <laughs> resigned there are worse options like if you leave the like room there, there are worse do you facetime that room to make sure he doesn't steal anything like the one thing that we have to hope for is that like the hilarious levels of failure and incompetence this year and like how badly this has fallen apart like the one thing if you're a lakers fan that you should not be rooting for is they're like oh we got to change it o- completely change it over because I, I, you know they're not going to go get sam presti they're going to like be like oh you know what actually kurt should be in charge <laughs> yeah so well, that's the thing. And, and this is the, this is the question I keep on asking uh, both Aaron and other people that, that I speak to is like, Hey, the Lakers not hiring Bob Myers, Sam Presti, RC Buford, Masai Ujiri, whatever. Um, the Lakers not getting that level of an executive. Is that a result of not being willing to pay for that level of an executive? Or is that a, is that a result of the executive not wanting to like seeing how the Lakers operate and not wanting to tie their ship to that? 
and it's like and, when you do a job interview and they tell you who your like direct report is going to be and yeah. like they they're like yeah you're going to report to kurt um on right. all basketball matters right and like i'm sorry if i was if i was that level of of special executive yeah i would not want to sign up for this and and like this is something that the Lakers, I think, organizationally are probably going to have to really take a hard look in the mirror um, about is the way that they operate. And yeah, like Aaron calls it collaborative all the time. To me, it just seems hectic. To me, it just seems it just seems willy nilly. And and like I, it's just it's tough to foresee an elite executive wanting to come and work in this environment without any ability to say to, to maybe clean up said environment. And if the Lakers are never willing to if, if Jeannie Buss is never willing to rethink this like inner circle of her, um, Tim Harris, Kurt and Linda Rambis, like if that's never going to be on the table, then I'm sorry, man, the Lakers are just going to be stuck with hoping that uh, Jesse Buss is really good in some kind of a role. We're just kind of stuck hoping that there's like, prodigal sons out there somewhere who could come back and guide the Lakers back. Literally prodigal sons, like, <laughs> like literal sons. Like we get, when you watch, when you watch winning time, just see if maybe there's like an extra bus kid out there somewhere who might be able to step in and fix some things. Because yeah. if the Lakers, if the Lakers aren't willing to rethink, they got to give whichever one was like RD ambition, the power. I think that, I think they had it figured out, you know? Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I, 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 if, if you're like, I don't know. Nepotism runs rampant everywhere, especially in sports. Like there was, there's been some great uh, articles written about how nepotistic the NFL is, and how like Mike Zimmer. I I root for the Vikings, and Mike Zimmer's son was somehow like a high level defensive coordinator with the Vikings, with zero experience under his belt, and you had really good defensive minds on that staff who were sitting there saying like, "Wait, why is this guy in this meeting?" I and, mean, with the Warriors, you have the owner's son is like one of the yeah. scouts, and like he like went to the went to the mat for Alan Smilagich, you know, like right, it's right. He they they kept Smilagich around for way too long because what's his name like Kyler Lacob or something like that? Sky uh, Lacob, uh, Kirk Lacob, Kirk Lacob, yeah, man, Kirk and Kurtz, Ugh. yeah, Eesh. keep K those... names hot seat in the NBA, you know, <laughs> keep those names away from my team. Um, so yeah, I, I, so to actually answer the question, I, I do not trust Rob Palenka to do this because what he's going to need to do is operate in the margins. He's going to have to, when he trades Russell Westbrook, he's going to have to trade Russell Westbrook with the intent to like win the trade, not just, not just like, like, and win the negotiation in that trade, not just do whatever it takes to get Russ off the team. And I don't trust him to be able to do that. When, when it comes time to fill out the rest of the roster, will he, will he go back to counting all-star appearances or will he actually figure out what is actually best for the Lakers? Like these are it's, questions. I'm sorry. It's so funny to picture him there with like a spreadsheet of like all, <laughs> like he's like, all right, can you rank the guys, Jesse, it's like, cue it up, but rank it by former all-star selection. Right. Okay? Filter. Like you can yeah. hit like the filter up top all-star selections and that's how he's basically like, <laughs> it just like moves around and then like Mello, oh shit number one Mello's still there right. yeah all right um so so yeah i i no i i to answer the question no i don't trust that that uh rob can pull this off and um you know it sucks because in this in this hypothetical in which he doesn't figure it out 
It means that it's another potential prime year of LeBron wasted. It means that this and era the last of one at this point, like, yeah, who knows? Who knows? You know, he's, he's we're already seeing we it, man. Know how much longer this is going to last? Yeah, we're already seeing it. His knee just blew up randomly with 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 no real reason to blow up earlier this year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like that's how the, that's how the body works, man. My my freaking ankle has been swollen for like three weeks. I have no idea why. <laughs> it just is. And so so like I, I'm just I'm looking at I'm looking at 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 where we have come with Palinka and where the Lakers need to get. Because here's the other thing too. It might not even be a Palinka thing. It might not, like, I'm not even positive an elite executive could maybe figure this out because the Lakers have so few assets and so much work that they have to be able to do to get back into contention with the Phoenix Suns of the world, with a potentially healthy Golden State roster, with Milwaukee, who is, like, somehow under the radar again despite being the reigning champions. Like, here's what, like, I I, I know this is going to sound condescending, and I apologize for it, but... I wish fans would watch more games that aren't just their teams. Because oh, it, wow. Big league pass. Anthony with his oh league pass subscription coming in. And you do, oh, I'm a basketball junkie. No, I just I, I, I'm so just saying it, it informs it informs you a lot of like where the league is at. You watch. Dude, did you watch Philly in, in Milwaukee the other night? Like the basketball that was on I, display Anthony, there? I did not. That was on at the same time as the Lakers and I was doing the recap. So, no, I did not watch that game. Uh, it was I a way better game. From it. I'm sure it was. <laughs> it I was have a Zero doubt game. that it was a much better game. Uh, <laughs> would like, I rather have been watching it? Sure, but that's not the team <laughs> I'm paid to watch. I, just, I like how I just told on myself for not watching. <laughs> Anthony, that game, they were down 30, like 30 seconds into the game. There was no but reason. In warm-ups, you know, yeah, for yeah. some reason, they were counting the layups that, they, that yeah. Dallas was making. It was weird. Um, yeah, I, like, I'm just... This and this is like you and I joke all the time, like whether Rob watches non Lakers games because, like, all of the moves that they have made, you wrote about it earlier this season. All of the guys that were on the Lakers roster this year it was something ridiculous, right? It's like 13 out of 17 guys on the roster something were either like that, former, yeah. either former Lakers, former Palinka clients, or current clutch clients. Like, if you're limiting the this, the NBA is way too competitive to limit your talent pool in any circumstance, but if it's that kind of limited, you're just fucked. You're just done. You're, you're not going to figure it out. And, and if that is how insult, and by the way, the Lakers, so it was, it was 12 of the 17 and, okay. uh, De- one of the ones hilariously, one of the ones who did not fit that category, Deandre Jordan was cut for DJ Augustine, who was, I mean, DJ Augustine is like, uh, that's like half because he was like a former Frank guy, I guess, mm-hmm. but he wasn't a, he didn't fit any of those former, former Laker, former Palinka client or former Laker ties. So it okay. ended up being so like 12 at 18. Yeah. 12 of 18. 18. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I'm sorry, like you're just, you're making your job a lot harder than it has to be if that's how you're operating. Um, and, and like if now look, if. Uh, like one of the questions I really hope gets asked to Rob after the season is what was the math on Caruso? Like what indicated to you that the Lakers didn't need this guy, not just in terms of like him as the player. Oh, you but- know, I'll, I'll tell you what he's going to say. It's going to be, well, you know, we made a competitive, we really wanted to keep Alex and we made a competitive offer to retain okay. him. So he's and- going to lie. Yeah, and, exactly. And, 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 and well, fine. But like <laughs> it, it, I, I would like to see him continue Here. to have to lie about that then. Yeah. You know, and, and like, like, here's the thing. I, where, who's the adult in this room, Harrison, where is the, where is the, where is the experience 
at this level of competition with the NBA. Because the most experienced person with the Lakers is Kurt. And all of his experience is shit. Like well, the, the other, he was, a, he was a member of the Showtime Lakers, Anthony. That's a totally oh, transferable skill set. <laughs> like the other, like the other, the, the most experienced He's people. A really good rebounder. I mean, it's like I've always said, the greatest Look, the Lakers do need to rebound. Executive. The, you know, the Lakers like, do need to rebound after this year. So exactly. maybe Kurt He's is the... ready. This is Kurt's <laughs> moment. He is ready for this. <laughs> yeah. The Lakers got clotheslined last offseason and they just have to get up. Who has experience with getting clotheslined and getting right back up? Kurt, Kurt Rambis. Rambis. <laughs> so like I like that's so like I agree with you that there is no like substantial change coming to this organization. Like we no. this is this has been put on as a, a clear display. This is there is no change that is really coming here. So it does wind up being like whether or not we trust this guy doesn't even really matter. Yeah, shockingly, um, yours and my thinking does not factor into the Lakers. Well, but like, like I'm just saying, like fans. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just because, like, yeah. if we were to if we were to poll fans right now, and and like this, it would be a tainted poll because of the this the current circumstance. But yes. if we if we were to poll fans, hey, do you trust Rob Polinka with this upcoming offseason? What would you know? What, what? Would, you just gave me our reacts question for this week. I'm going to ask the fans this. Right? Would it would it be thirty percent? Would it be twenty five percent? Yes. Like, would it be ten? I don't know. I uh I I know that like 92% of fans said that this was their least favorite Lakers team of all time so I'd imagine somewhere around there you know <laughs> right and so like and and you know yeah that that shouldn't necessarily factor into the Lakers decision making process but it is also indicative of how bad uh he has been at his job and and like we have been as fair as we can possibly be and I still land at the place of like I don't know if this guy is good. I was there last season. That, I said so he was that's like the other thing is we don't know because yeah. no one knows who is responsible for what. And this is something yeah. that I've hit on on a million pods. So I'm not going to do the whole rant, but it's just like when everyone is saying is only taking credit for successes and no one is taking credit for failures. And this is a theme organization wide from yeah. the top all the way down to the players. You saw it with Russ the other night. Like, and it, it's just like no one is taking responsibility for failure. Everyone is trying to point the finger. So we don't know who did the good things and we don't know who did the bad things because everybody is trying to distance themselves from the latter and take credit right. for the former. And mm -hmm. so that is the, that's the area. Russ just where, showed like, up, I swear. Yeah, ultimately, like we don't, know, we don't know if Polinka is good at his job or not. Like we don't know for certain, you know, no. because no one, because everyone, you know, if you if you listen to certain like areas, it's like oh, like Rob wanted to do X, Y, and Z, and you know, party X, Y, and Z didn't want to do this, and right. like you just everyone has a different story, and everyone is anonymously finger pointing, and so like that's that that that's where you know. We're well, at. you combine you combine the finger pointing with again like. You know, and, and I don't like Aaron and I will talk about this on the hook, so it doesn't feel like I'm just throwing him under the bus here. But like one way to look at it and one way that they can um, describe it is calling it a collaborative experience. The other way to look at it, if you're on the outside looking in, is like, yeah, but you do need a distinct path of, of decision making here. So you do know who is accountable for what and you can actually grade who is doing what well. Right. The one thing we do know definitively with the Lakers is that their scouting department is excellent. Mm -hmm. And the reason that we know that is because we have results and we know who exactly is doing the scouting. And also and it's been in a lot of, of people that. for the same, it's been a lot of the same people there, you know, there's been turnover, but it's been yeah. a lot of the same people for a lot of years. And it's a lot of people that are talked about as extremely highly regarded. Right. Right. And, and like, 
And again, you look at and, how... And yeah, you just see the results. It's not just like, oh, they leaked to me, so I'm going to say nice things about them or whatever. Like, you see the scouting results. Like, they have scouted and drafted extremely Absolutely. well. Yeah, and and you look at how that that situation is organized and how it operates, right? And there's, like, clear distinctions. You know, you have people who... You have teams who cover certain parts of the country. You have people who cover certain types of, of positionalities. And, and then there's... You scout for uh, just Europe. Yeah, you know, the, like, and yeah. The, you have you have, and then at the at the end of all of that scouting, you have the people who make the decisions at the end of the at the end of the day of who to pass along to Rob Polinka and who to pass along to Magic Johnson, and you have that again. It's it's just like a it, it's a workflow. Every organization in the world has is it, workflow is like one of the most important aspects of the organization, and in that sector, the one that is actually working well with the Lakers, it's not a coincidence that they do have a clear and concise workflow. Where the Lakers don't have one is where they continue to screw up. And so, like, whether it's Rob Palenka, whether it's Sam Presti under some kind of miracle or whatever, what the Lakers are going to need to do is figure out the workflow that it, and, and, and clear it up so that it's more concise and they can actually evaluate who was good at their job, who was good mm -hmm. at what, so that if they have another bad offseason, they can identify where tr fat needs to be trimmed, who needs to be promoted, all of that stuff like those are those are the things that like and that's not just to make our job in the media easier that means that like no they need to know i don't care about my job i talk about them regardless yeah <laughs> who is responsible for what like they need to have a clear idea of yeah. that and it doesn't even seem like that exists no clearly not people are leaking they have no idea what yeah. linda does yeah should we end on a lighter note we should. We should. I mean, so you know, the Showtime, the Showtime show is uh, winning, time. The winning time. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, not losing time like we've been talking about for the last you know hour. Uh, yeah. in well, winning no, time for the last four months. Winning time months. has highlighted an interesting dynamic that is like very semi-pro era NBA of yeah. you know Chick Hearn. People forget. You know, and this is going to be the first time this is a discussion about the Chick Hearn portrayal in the show. But people forget that he was like sort of a member of the front office while mm -hmm. he was play-by-play -play guy. <laughs> and uh, and like you know, look at the time, who watched more basketball than Chick? You know, those guys like there was yeah. a tape is freely available. Like that made sense. He watched a lot of these guys very closely. He was as researched as anyone. And these organizations were smaller and more insular. And like other teams have grown, the Lakers have stayed about the same size. But like, <laughs> you know, I, I think that one of the yeah. things that we can do is like who. Who is who is the next like Chick Hearn in terms of, you know, if they need to get another voice in the room, mm -hmm. you know, who are people that are currently part of their media apparatus that we want to see empowered? Like, you yeah. know, I think I think Mike Trudell. Great. Yeah, answer. I, you I, know, I like, say like right from the yeah. get, it has to be Trudell. Yeah. Um, I think Joy Ramirez is is another like bright star uh, yeah. that, that is, you know, up and coming. looks, you know, appears to really Let's know what James he's looking Worthy for in some of these front office mm -hmm. meetings. You Geter. know, he's. He, James can recognize, like, give a shit. Like, they should just bring him in to <laughs> the, the free agent meetings and, like, yeah. let him talk to the guy for, like, five minutes and decide, like, is that a Laker or not? Like, yeah. I need – James Worthy, I think, is the only one qualified to do, like, the – he knows what it means to be a Laker with Judge because he's yeah. watched, like, every Lakers game for, like, 40 years. Yep. So – You know what's funny? I used to mock knowing what it means to be a Laker – I can't this, believe this I'm year, saying you're this. ready to jump back on the Lakers exceptionalism train. You're like, yeah, like, I can't believe I'm saying it. this, but like that. Yeah, there actually might be something to it. I can't believe it. This year yeah. <laughs> has broken me. Um, Byron other, Scott, Rob, bring him back in. He, Robert Ori, Robert Ori yeah. like identifies clutch players. I think like not, not with a K, but yes, with a C. With a C. Yeah. yeah. With a C. Um, 
<laughs> that would be funny if they just had somebody's like, yeah, he's clutch, but with the K. <laughs> yeah, there's like a who's on first routine in the front office with Rob. Yeah. Rob, it, Rob is the clutch advisor, and then Rich is the clutch advisor. Yeah. You know, right. like, it, yeah. <laughs> so um, I, Rob can be, uh, uh, Allie, I think, is 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 really good at, at identifying. My favorite moment, um, honestly, in, in Spectrum history was when LeBron said that he was patient, and Allie just laughed in his face. So, like, yeah. Allie can be the bullshit sniffer. Yeah, like she can she... be the she can be the is LeBron bullshitting us right now judge. <laughs> you know, like is like what it, she can be the LeBronologist that like translates you know yeah. whatever kind of vague thing he says to maintain plausible deniability about the right. roster. Like uh -huh. she can translate it. Yeah, um, I don't think we're forgetting anybody, right? Nobody even like loosely affiliated with the Lakers. Like yeah, I, I think we've named every Lakers employee so far. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I can't think of anybody. That else. We would want empowered at least. I mean, obviously yeah. there are other Lakers employees, but like that, like yeah, like I I can't even think of anybody like who like you know works with like film or like studies film or like I can't. Yeah, on their like video edit team or something. No, yeah, no I can't. Coming to mind. I can't. I All right, well, anyway. All right, <laughs> that's gonna do it for this episode <laughs> of the Lakers Lounge. Um, this was this felt cathartic. I gotta be honest. Yeah, no, this, you know, honestly, this this cured my depression. This cured my malaise. Like, I, yeah. I think the Lakers need to have a talk it out session like this because I feel ready to rededicate to my job a little uh -huh. bit. Like, you know, I'm going to at like, least we, for we a all week. have. Yeah, we all have these mornings where it's like, you know, you're just you're feeling lethargic. You don't really want to do anything. That was yeah. kind of me for most of this morning. And then yeah. now after talking to you, I feel ready to rededicate myself to my job, at least until the Lakers lose by 30 to that tonight. And then I'm going to be like, I got to fight about this team six more times. Like, <laughs> Until then, <laughs> it's the that's Harrison Fagan, and this has been The Lounge. <laughs>